codified at Government Code Section 54953, transportation commissioners can attend the meeting via teleconference, and the city allows participation via Zoom. Thank you. And let's go ahead and start with roll call. Lisa, do you want to do roll call? Oh, sorry, is that me? It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, Chair Folds. Here. Vice Chair Ewan. Here. Uh, Commissioner Johnson. Here. Commissioner Whitesey. Here. Commissioner Susanthira. Here. Commissioner Colstrand. Here. <clears throat> And Commissioner Noctical. Here. All right, thanks, Lisa. Uh, moving on mm -hmm. to agenda item two, are there any agenda changes um, in the Zoom world? Just raise your hand to be recognized if you have any agenda changes. Seeing none, I'm gonna close that item two and move on to um, item three, which I think is listed in as four by accident. I'm not sure if I have that right, Lisa, sorry. Um, but we're gonna move on to announcements and public comment. Can I take any announcements from any of my fellow commissioners first? Commissioner Noctegal. Thank you, Chair Souls. I do have an item that I wanted to flag and help get the word out about. It's uh, an upcoming East Bay Mud emergency repair work for the sewer pipeline along Buena Vista Avenue between Constitution and Grand. Uh, it's going to be happening between early October and February, and it's going to impact the lane. In, uh, there'll be one lane of traffic eastbound. It's going to reroute the, uh, the AC Transit 19 bus, and it's going to reroute the uh, truck route as well. So it's a pretty a uh, big impact to a corridor that's popular on the island. And I know that the city has some information about it on its website, but I just thought I'd help lift up this item so that folks are aware. Thank you. All right, are there any other announcements? Okay, if not, I'm gonna turn it over to Lisa for staff communications, and then we'll take public comment on non-agendized items. <clears throat> Go ahead, Lisa. Thank you. Um, good evening, Chair Souls and Transportation Commissioners. I'm Lisa Foster, Senior Transportation Coordinator and uh, brand new secretary to this commission. So I will go over the staff communications. Um, we have a busy month in October for transportation in Alameda, uh, beginning with the draft active transportation plan will be released on October 3rd. And we're planning a virtual workshop on Wednesday, October 5th. That date was originally posted as the fourth, but the council switched their date. So we are Wednesday, October 5th for the virtual workshop and an in-person open house on October 16th in the afternoon on Sunday. And then we have other events happening for that. They're all listed at activealameda.org. The Clement Avenue and Tilden Way Safety Improvement Project will have a virtual workshop on October 11th and an in-person open house on May 9th. Um, I will find that date another, uh, I think it's October 13th. And then International Walk and Roll to School Day is Wednesday, October 12th. The Lincoln Avenue, Marshall Way and Pacific Avenue 
Improvements virtual workshop will be on October 25th, and they have an in-person open house on October 27th. Mastic Senior Center has some Recording in progress. Along six intersections on Highway 61, and completion is expected soon. And they've begun work on their pavement resurfacing and street improvements on Ensenal. And I think a lot of the rest of this we actually will have in the status report on transportation later. I'll stop there. Sorry, I had a hard time finding my mute button. And I was. Um, Miss Lisa, I meant to welcome you and thank you for stepping up to do um, our clerk work on the commission. Um, Lisa Foster is going to now be our um, staff support for um, and the clerk for helping us through our meetings. Um, and I know that she's not here, but I would be remiss to not mention that Gail Payne served for um, a very long time. And I know that we really appreciate her organization and keeping us on track. I know I have appreciated as chair um, and helping me um, try to be less ham-handed about facilitating these meetings. And so I'll have to say uh, some, some more words of kindness next time uh, when she's here, but um, we really do appreciate her service and uh, maybe she'll watch this later and, and know that. But welcome Lisa and thank you for that. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to um, Artie to see if we have any public comment. Just as a reminder to the public, this is commenting on items that do not appear on the agenda this evening. So if you have a comment on any of those items, please hold those comments until we get to that agenda item so that the commissioners can consider that feedback related to um, information and actions we may take later. Do we have any hands raised? Yeah, currently we have four attendees and there's one person raising their hand. The first uh, public comment will be Jim Stralo. Hi, Jim. Please go ahead when you're ready. Just got the uh, prompt to, to start speaking. Uh, I just got back from a uh, Mediterranean cruise, and when I was in Spain, I noticed traffic circles in the middle of nowhere on a freeway, which slowed down traffic like we were on a bus tour, you know, to Andorra, they you know, take about uh, four hours and I'd say an extra half hour just for, you know, hitting a lot of traffic circles in the middle of nowhere. Huh? But in Barcelona, the traffic circles, most all had traffic signals. The, the city here has been talking about installing traffic signals, to installing traffic circles and to avoid traffic signals and yet, when I was in Barcelona, almost all traffic circles had traffic signals, and I could see why, because they had a lot of traffic. They got three million people there. Huh? But it's just interesting that when people tout traffic circles, how they don't mention how many cities actually have traffic signals uh, to control their traffic getting into traffic circles. Huh? Also, many of the ports that I stopped at all had vehicle ferries. Huh? What an amazing concept. Huh? 
And then to be multimodal, I saw in Barcelona, they built underground parking garages because uh, they wanted to you know, be fair to mo multimodal. You know, they, they actually address it. That's not just all just, you know, pedestrian and bicycle stuff. Then among the main pedestrian friendly streets were police arresting pickpockets. The person with whom I was traveling was pickpocketed on La Rambla. So not always having, you know, streets dedicated to pedestrians, there can be some negative sides as well. Uh, just some insight as to my trip to Europe recently. Thank you. Thank you for that. Do we have any other speakers at this time? No, that was the last commenter. Okay, I don't see any hands either. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna move on to agenda item. This is agenda, agenda item five, which is a consent calendar. We have one item and that is to approve the meeting minutes. Uh, this is from the May 25th, 2022. We have a quorum of individuals who are there that can um, motion for approval or take any comments or edits. Commissioner Whitesey. Just one very minor edit, because I think that it's a typo that leads understanding in the wrong direction. If we're looking on commissioner clarifying questions for 6A, the last comment by staff member Vance. Staff member Vance said that yes, on-street parking would remain for perpendicular streets to Grand and he was unsure, but about 95% of homes on Grand gave a driveway. Certainly they did not give a driveway to the bike project. They have a driveway, which is kind of the opposite intent. So just the typo, gave should be have. That's a good clarification. All right, staff, we can just make that edit before publishing. And then um, Commissioner Kulstrand, please go ahead. I move approval of the minutes from uh, May 25th. Thank you. Do I have a second? Second. YT second, great. Um, raise your hands if you concur. We have just a vote by hands instead of a full roll call. Thank you. Motion carries to approve. We'll move on to the next agenda item, which is agenda item six, the regular agenda. Um, agenda item 6A, so you can see some new faces this evening. We are excited always to get new perspectives and new voices, uh, but first a word of thank you for um, our two commissioners who are outgoing. Um, Commissioner Michael Hans, who served since 2016. He was really um, dutifully and faithfully represented um, Alameda USD and with all of our Vision Zero and uh, walk and roll to school days and um, all of the um, improvements that we've been trying to make for students and parents who get to and from school um, every day. His uh, voice was really helpful in that and we really appreciate his um, tenacity in serving that long and volunteering his time and perspective. So thank you to Commissioner Hans. Um, and then also Commissioner Rentschler, a shorter duration of service, but grateful nevertheless, um, as residents of Alameda step up to voice their perspectives and help bring our community uh, into the new age with better transportation projects. His service is um, also, um, uh, we're, we're grateful for that as well. And then of course our incoming commissioners that we have this evening and Commissioner Johnson 
And Susan Thera, I'm going to turn it over to you individually so you can introduce yourselves. But I will say, um, just having the benefit of their bios and also um, working within the industry, that we have two new commissioners who really bring some wonderful qualifications and background in the transportation field. And I'm personally really excited to have your knowledgeable voices here on the commission. And so Commissioner Johnson, if you don't mind, I'll start with you. If you could just give a, a, a brief um, in, introduction to yourself, I'd appreciate it. Okay, um, I'll try not to talk too much. Um, and, and thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited about um, participating or being a member of this commission. Um, I've been, you know, in the transportation, grew up here in the Bay Area, I've been in the transportation industry uh, a, a very long time. I'm, I'm always interested in how our uh, transportation works in our ecosystem. Um, interesting enough, I just returned from New York with my wife and we were taking the subway, the buses, and just all the things that they have. And I walk a lot here in Alameda. I'm always looking about like how things connect, how can we make things better? more accessible. Um, I work, currently my day job, I work on the Link 21 transportation program. And a, a big thing that we're working on is equity and making sure that when you have projects that you're bringing all the voices to the table. So I'm trying to, hopefully I can add a, a different lens in terms of making sure that all our, our projects for the city of Alameda are inclusive and we're bringing everyone to the table. I bump into people and tell them I'm on the commission because I walk a lot and, you know, the people in the public are more excited than I am, you know, so they're asking me things. I'm like, I don't know yet. I haven't been to a meeting yet. So um, I really look forward to working and learning and listening um, to make, you know, Alameda a, a better place for everyone. So I think I'll, I'll stop at that. So thank that's you. great. Thank you so much. We're really happy to have you. And Commissioner uh, Suthanthira, please go ahead. Um, thank you, Chair Souls. Um, it's a real honor to join the commission and uh, the expert team of commissioners over here uh, to serve Alameda community uh, in addressing its uh, transportation needs. Um, I would like to thank the mayor as well as the city council for my appointment and uh, for the opportunity to serve Alameda. Um, about me, um, I have been living with my family here um, in Alameda for the last 20 years and raised um, kids uh, through AUSD. One is still going and um, uh, they take bus. So we are multimodal family. I take part or I used to take part until um, before um, COVID. And uh, professionally, I am a transportation professional with uh, civil engineering and uh, planning background. And uh, nearly 20 years of my work has been in Alameda County and um, initially with Caltrans and then later with the um, majority of it is in Alameda CTC, uh, which means that I have worked with, um, with Alameda projects, uh, with Alameda staff, uh, high caliber professionals um, for a while. So, and uh, my focus um, in terms of my area of expertise is uh, uh, transportation planning, policy, funding in a broader sense, but you know more specifically congestion management, arterial operations, complete streets, emerging technologies, express lanes and sea level rise. I think many are relevant here for the city. Um, and currently I work with um, I work for the city of Concord um, as their transportation program manager. So I can relate to the um, colleagues or staff here um, in terms of their work. 
Um, so as I mentioned, I have worked with many of the city staff um, for a long time, and um, I am very familiar with uh, the mobility issues and opportunities our uh, transportation infrastructure faces here in Alameda. And um, I look forward to working along with the rest of you um, to guide and contribute uh, uh, for a better Alameda transportation and mobility for all. That's my goal. So um, looking forward to working with all of you. Thank you. Wonderful, thanks. And like I said, we're, we're really glad you guys are here. Um, just to be consistent, we take public comment on all consent um, agenda items. And so um, we're all, um, excuse me, on all the regular agenda items. And so I just wanna pause real quick to see if we have any public comment on outgoing incoming members um, of the commission. It's an informational item, but just to, just to ask if there's any, Artie. Currently there's no one raising their hand. I'm sure they're all saying welcome and hello, and they're just not raising their hand, don't worry. Uh, so we'll close out that item and move on to agenda item 6B, which is the board elections. Um, we, tonight we are, um, it is our election time for chair and vice chair. Um, as I always say during <laughs> these agenda items, um, I've really enjoyed my time as chair. I'm happy to continue. Um, if, if I'm always happy to step aside and give other people the opportunity as well. Um, Vice Chair Ewan, um, I, if you have any words to say, but otherwise, um, if, you, if you'd like to, feel free to let me know if you have anything to say, but otherwise I'll just open the floor for any nominations. Commissioner Whitesey. I will happily renominate Chair Souls to the same position and Vice Chair Ewan to the same position. I think you guys have both done a fantastic job. Thank you, Chair White, uh, Commissioner Whitesey. Let's give you a promotion. <laughs> the um, okay, we have a motion on the table for nominations for uh, myself as well as Vice Chair Ewan. Do I hear a second or other nominations? Commissioner Colstrand. Uh, I'll second the nomination. Thank you, um, Lisa. Do we do two different roll calls, or if the motions are the same, do we do one for both? I think for the I, sake of time, um, it's safe to do one for both, if that's okay. I, I think that's fine, since it's one motion. Okay. Uh, so the motion uh, seconded by Commissioner Colstrand is uh, myself as chair and Vice Chair Ewan, who I think has been doing a great job. So I would definitely have seconded that as well. And so raise your hands um, if you agree uh, for a yes. All right, wonderful. And the motion passes unanimously. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate the uh, vote of confidence. I know I'm not always graceful in this, and so I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, same here. I don't know if there's any public comment to be taken on this, but just trying to be consistent with our rules of order to ask if there's any public comment. Apparently, there's no one raising their hand. Thank you. We can move on to agenda item C. We're going to read, this is really accepting the status report on transportation. Lisa, I believe you are pre um, presenting on this tonight. So I'll turn the floor over to you um, and we will hear what you have to say about the thing we got in our packet. So thank you. All right. Good evening again. I um, will go ahead and share my screen. Is that looking? You're good, you're live. All right, 
Well, good evening to the continued Chair Souls and Vice Chair Yuan and Transportation Commissioners. I am here with Director Smith and Rochelle Wheeler to give you our status report on transportation. Um, this report provides updates on the 2022 transportation work plan, which was accepted by the City Council as part of our annual report on transportation um, for 2022. So your, we recommend that the Transportation Commission accept the status report, that is an action. Um, the Transportation Commission bylaws state that in addition to advising the City Council on development of new transportation plans, the Transportation Commission monitors implementation of approved transportation plans and policies. So our 2022 work program works to fulfill city goals and objectives outlined in our adopted plans, like the uh, mobility elements, the general plan, the transportation choices plan, the climate action and resiliency plan, and the vision zero action plan. And I, for, we'll start with plans and programs and Rochelle Wheeler is going to get us started. Thank you, Lisa. And just to be clear, I'm doing the next four slides, right, Lisa? Okay. I think I am. Okay. Um, just cut me off if I need to be cut off. <laughs> um, so yeah, good evening, Chair Souls and um, Commissioners. I'm Rochelle Wheeler, Senior Transportation Coordinator in the uh, Planning, Building, and Transportation Department. And um, I'm going to just present a little bit of this um, presentation. So um, the first big update um, in this status report is about the draft active transportation plan, which I'm leading. And I'm very excited to say that on Monday, we will be releasing the draft transporta active transportation plan after a bit of a hiatus during COVID. Um, and we'll be picking up where we were um, before um, kind of the last, we did a big outreach in 2020 on the recommendations. And now what we'll be releasing is the full draft plan with um, the information that you've seen before with updates from the public, um, input that we got in 2020, and then also a prioritization and an action plan for the future. So um, we are doing a ton of public outreach, which you already heard a little bit about. Um, we're doing an intensive uh, three-week period of outreach and getting and engaging the community. Um, these are just some of the things that we're doing that are on the screen. Um, and the first is starting with a virtual public workshop next Wednesday, the 5th, where we will introduce the plan and start to take comments. We'll also have an in-person open house at the main library on the Sunday, the 16th. Um, and that's just a stop by anytime kind of event. We'll have a short survey for people to give comments. We're going to many other commissions this month. Uh, we have some online virtual office hours and um, we'll be coming back to the Transportation Commission at their special, at your special meeting in, in October, which is October 20th. And that will be for input and discussion. And we will um, try to be bringing you some of the themes that we are already hearing throughout the public um, input period um, to that meeting. And then we'll be doing a pretty fast turnaround and um, coming back to you in November for an action on um, to recommend to the council, hopefully to adopt the draft active transportation plan. So um, yeah, so we'll take this public input um, through the 23rd and then make a revision. And that's what we'll come back to the transportation commission in November. 
Um, next slide, please. Um, I also want to update you on the Oakland Alameda Bike Ped Bridge project. Uh, this is a rendering of the project that would connect Oakland and Alameda on the west end. Um, we have started the study that we were funded by Alameda CTC for, which is the project initiation document. Um, that's the study we're doing. And um, it's about um, a two-year process total. Um, and we are starting public engagement this fall. And that will be focusing on um, looking at the different alignment options. And alignment is not selected for this bridge. Um, and so we'll, we have some ideas and we'll be taking that out to stakeholders and um, technical advisory committee and the public um, to get input on, on these alignments and make sure we're kind of covering all our bases and learning about any fatal flaws. And then we'll also be getting input on the criteria for selecting um, the alignments um, and what criteria we people feel like we should be using to evaluate these different alignments. And ultimately there will be three alternatives that will be studied as part of this project initiation document. Next slide, please. Um, this commission has also been interested in, and I wanted to give update on uh, the water shuttle also connecting um, across the estuary between Alameda and um, Jack London Square in Oakland. Um, so this has been a project that has been um, recommended for many years and has finally gotten some legs to it, um, mainly because of a lot of interest from the private sector. Um, uh, so what we have done is we're proposing a two-year pilot um, that would operate on limited days, five days a week, most likely Tuesdays through Saturdays with limited hours. So it would not be um, 24 hours a day. Um, and uh, we put together with um, private partners um, on both sides of the estuary, a grant application. And we have a team working on this, a partnership. Uh, we put together a grant application requesting 25% of the funding for this service for two years. And that, that means the private sector is contributing almost 75% of the funding. And there's a very small amount that um, the city would be contributing as well. Um, the shuttle would operate um, as it's proposed between Alameda Landing and Jack London Square in the morning hours and in the evening hours and midday it would operate um, between Jacqueline Square and Marina Village as shown on this plan. So we hope to hear um, some good news on this application, maybe as soon as next month. Next slide. And then I'll just talk about our bicycle safety education programs. Uh, super excited with the city funds um, the cycles of change to do bike safety education for fifth graders. And we are promoting that for this school year and letting schools and the Safe Routes to Schools um, program and um, parents and guardians know that this is an offering that we have and to please sign up for it. Um, and then we also are um, funding Bike East Bay to do additional um, bike safety education for adults and teens um, for the next couple of years, in addition to the classes that they already do. Most of these classes will be in person in Alameda. Many of them are at the main library. And the next class that's coming up will be, and it's scheduled right now, is on November 15th, and that's for bike theft prevention. And I believe that's my last slide. 
is. And now uh, Director Smith is going to talk about the signalized intersection equity implementation update. Great. Good evening, uh, Chair Souls, uh, Vice Chair and Commissioners. Just making sure everybody can hear me okay. Great. Yep, you're good. Yep. Excellent. Um, yeah, so I, well, good evening again. I'm Erin Smith, Public Works Director. Nice to be with here, here with you this evening. Um, I have just a few slides to provide an update on a policy uh, that came to the commission uh, for endorsement um, this past or September of 21, and then went on to council um, in December of 21. Before I jump into um, update on deploying changes to our signalized intersection, I did just wanna take a few moments to highlight some changes to the resolution or, or policies um, from the version that the Transportation Commission endorsed to that which was adopted by council. Um, so I've highlighted some changes here. So in the resolution um, called for longer pedestrian phases, what the transportation, what was proposed to the Transportation Commission endorsed said near schools and areas with large elderly populations. Um, what was actually adopted is within 600 feet. So it just casts a wider net um, to deploy, deploy those longer pedestrian phases. Um, a topic uh, talked about uh, quite a bit um, in this resolution was what we call technically call pedestrian recall, but that is when the walk signal um, is served every cycle regardless of whether the button is pushed. So you don't have to push the button and it serves the walk signal every cycle. Um, we had suggested to do what's called time of day based recall. So that's 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. within the community commercial land use. So essentially Webster and Park Street. Uh, what was adopted by council was within a quarter mile um, of community uh, commercial land use. So again, casting a wider net. Uh, for this type of timing. And in addition to the commercial areas was added uh, within 600 feet of parks. Uh, last change was um, that serving that walk signal regardless of pushing the button, we had near schools um, and uh, council had ultimately adopted uh, within 600 feet of schools. The remainder of uh, the content of that resolution for the most part remained unchanged. That is ensuring we provide pedestrian enhancements such as the countdown, signal countdown, accessible pedestrian push buttons, a bicycle detection. Um, so the, there was another other number of other items um, in that resolution that remained unchanged. Next slide, please. So uh, over the last nine months, we've been busy um, and have updated the timing um, at essentially all or 80, all will be all, 84 of 89 of our controllers were updated based upon these new timing parameters. The remaining five intersections are part of the Cross Alameda uh, Trail um, improvement, crossing improvement project. Um, I think that may be talked about later um, in this presentation. It is a separate capital project that's expected for construction in 2023. Um, and the timing of those five intersections will be um, addressed during that time. I did want to acknowledge that although um, the timing has been updated at those 84 intersections, we do still have older controllers um, at 
quite a few of our intersections and they're not able to actually um, manage the various parameters. Most importantly is what we call leading pedestrian interval or essentially a pedestrian head start. So when a pedestrian goes to walk, they actually will get five seconds before um, the light turns green for the car so they can walk further out um, into the crosswalk for visibility. That is something we ultimately will have deployed at all of our intersections. Uh, but right now we have certain limitations um, with our controllers that don't enable that. So if you see that, it's probably an older controller. Uh, we are renewing our controllers systematically as funding um, is available. So ultimately we will, we will have new cabinets at all of our 89 intersections. Next slide. Another key component of the resolution um, adopted by council was transit signal priority. Um, so transit signal priority is active on Park and Webster streets, except the two intersections noted here, again, because of the older controllers. Um, the same equipment that's installed at a signalized intersection for transit signal priority can also be used for emergency vehicle preemption, another component of the resolution. Um, so the on Park and Webster, we have the ability for emergency vehicle preemption. However, we're still seeking funding to install the receivers um, that are needed within the emergency vehicle. So we're Public Works is working closely with the fire department on that. The ultimate goal is to have transit signal priority on all uh, all signalized intersections that are along bus routes and uh, emergency vehicle preemption at all signalized intersections. We are prioritizing deployment of the equipment needed for this along um, AC transit bus lines first. That's 23 additional intersections um, to those that are already active on Park and Webster. Um, we have 10 new equipment kits ordered and hopefully will be delivered soon. Uh, we were able to make use of some end of fiscal year dollars last year. Um, and we will get those set up. And then as funding um, is available, we'll continue to deploy transit signal priority. I think that's my last slide. Oh, am I doing this one, Lisa? And would you like to do the first item? It's up to you. I'm happy to. So that, that's our update on intersection equity, um, the res implementing the new policies. I think we've made great progress. There's definitely still more to go. And, we're focused on, on getting all of our intersections compliant with the new policies. So I can speak briefly about parking management. So um, parking enforcement um, moved from the police department to public works. Uh, over the last nine months or so, uh, we have grown a new program within our department. Uh, the program was launched this last spring uh, with quite a bit of outreach and education. Um, we are staffing up. Uh, we now have two full-time parking technicians and two part-time um, technicians. Uh, we have a new security camera system in the garage. And Lisa, maybe you want to take these last bullet points. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm definitely available for questions. I apologize if I talked a little too fast, but I'm going to pass it back to you, Lisa. Thank you, Aaron. Um, so we have made progress on two kind of parking policy questions. Those the updates to the business district parking permit program and the ferry terminal parking pricing policy. And uh, we hope 
if agenda space allows to bring these to the Transportation Commission in November, and if not, then early next year. And then also when we launched the Parking Enforcement Service, we launched new parking web pages that are pretty comprehensive, a lot more information about parking than we used to have available on our website. So if you haven't looked at that, it's alamedaparking.org. And having built it myself, I highly recommend it. Um, for Vision Zero programs, in July, all officers and many staff working on a single day at Alameda Police received a Vision Zero training. Um, we covered four shifts of people and we gave them a Vision Zero overview, uh, including Alameda crash data findings. And then we went through the police related actions and priorities in the Vision Zero action plan. And then all officers, not just the ones that worked that day, but everyone received a copy of the high injury corridors map for traffic enforcement prioritization. We also have had progress on the rapid response program um, after severe and fatal injury, severe injury and fatal crashes. Um, we brought a proposal to the Vision Zero Advisory Committee for discussion and then a uh, similarly, we hope to bring this to the Transportation Commission later this year or early next year. And our public information officer is planning a what we're calling a beta public safety campaign for traffic safety, um, which will enable us to get started with something smaller while we plan the bigger one that's described in the Vision Zero Action Plan. And this will include a, a bit of a um, public information campaign about uh, sun glare when you're driving uh, next month. For public transit, we've talked about Link 21 a bit, so I'll, I'll um, rely on that. And then for uh, AC Transit, the in March, the AC Transit Board of Directors approved extending the Line 78 trial line for an additional year. This is the line that offers timed service to the uh, Seaplane Lagoon Ferry Terminal. And then for paratransit, after council approval in April, um, on July, in July, we discontinued the Alameda Loop Shuttle and have, have launched the replacement, which is a pilot program for free AC transit bus passes to low-income seniors and people with disabilities. We are currently enrolled at about half what we have a budget for. And then we also have the Alameda Independent Mobility Program, the AIM program, which is our Uber and Lyft concierge service for paratransit members. And we have 79 people enrolled in that. And our paratransit coordinator continues to offer um, events to help people navigate transportation and buses with Transportation 101 and Hop on the Bus events. They can help enrollment in both those programs as well. Now I'm going to move on to capital projects, and this is the 2022 capital projects work program that you all have seen before this map. I'll go over a few things that are on this map before I move on to individual slides for some other things. So the high injury corridor daylighting project has completed tiers one and two as we were as had planned, and now we're planning to do tier three and then all three tiers would be complete. The Cross Alameda Trail has a couple of construction projects coming up. They, later this year, um, number eight over here, no, yeah, number seven. That's Clement from Grand to Broadway. Construction will begin there. 
uh, with the two-way cycle track and traffic calming. And then in early 2023, we'll, we'll get to these um, signal modifications along the Cross Alameda Trail between Main Street and Constitution Way. Uh, and then we also have begun the pavement resurfacing project for this year. And we are anticipating to be done with that construction in the fall. And we're no longer just restriping what used to be when we resurface uh, as used to be city practice. So this project includes new daylighting, crosswalk markings, and other safety improvements per city policies. Uh, we also have the Safe Routes to School Infrastructure Project, which should begin construction at eight schools in the fall or winter. And construction is in progress out here in this square. I don't know if you can see my cursor. It's number seven. I mean, excuse me, number nine on the west on the Alameda Point Adaptive Reuse Project, which will include eventually complete streets on Pan Am, West Tower, Saratoga, and West Midway. Caltrans has begun early work on their construction for improvements on Ensenal Ave, um, but the resurfacing and restriping need of it is planned for next year. We are working towards construction mid-year next year on Central and have submitted a grant application to the Alameda CTC with a roundabout at Central Avenue, 4th Street and Blaina Boulevard as the highest priority for this funding request. So fingers crossed. And then for Grand Street between Shoreline and Ensenal, um, after this project came to the Transportation Commission, Council, the city council gave a tentative approval in July with some direction to staff. And then in October 4th, so pretty soon, the city council will consider a revised design that includes this two-way bike lane in front of Wood Middle, which you're seeing here, instead of just one um, protected bike lane going one direction. And then as well as some modifications and ADA parking um, to the rest of the project area. The goal is to do construction on this next year as well. Um, the Clement Avenue Extension and Tilden Way project has, it, it, we construct, conducted the first round of stakeholder engagement in May and we're doing our next round next month with events on October 11th and 13th. This connects across Alameda Trail to the Miller-Sweeney Fruitvale Bridge and offers major safety improvements. And then finally, the um, Lincoln Marshall Pacific planning project for this corridor all the way from Broadway out to Maine also did a first round of stakeholder engagement, that one in April, and the next round is for late next month, October 25th and 27th are the community meetings for that. And so with that, I will uh, close our presentation, again, recommending that the Transportation Commission accept the status report. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, yes, as uh, Lisa mentioned, this is an action item for us this evening. Um, I'm going to take any comments or questions from the commission since this is a status report. 
and then I'll watch for hands and eventually ask for public comment if I see any speakers. Um, so we'll double check for that. So with that, I'll open the floor first to my fellow commissioners. If anyone has any comments or questions on uh, the presentation or what was provided in the board packet. Vice Chair Ewan. Thanks Chair Souls and thanks to city staff for that great presentation. I'm always so amazed by all the amazing work that we do here um, in Alameda and all the balls we have in the air. I did have just a couple of questions for staff. Um, I think one is regarding the active transportation plan and we have, or there is going to be three weeks of public outreach, um, about, I guess, 21 days or so. And I'm just wondering why the, why the timeline, it feels a bit short to me. Usually there's 30 days or even 40 days or 45 days. I'm just wondering, um, is there a reason for that? Or is there a way to sort of elongate the timeline to give more people opportunities to evaluate and, and provide kind of you know, more opportunities to, um, to comment, but I do appreciate the variety of ways in which people can comment. Um, coming to meetings virtually in person, coming to this meeting, we having, we're having a special meeting in October. Um, I'm assuming they can email other ways as well, but just wondering if there is a way to sort of um, think about elongating that timeline since it does feel a bit short. And then for bus line uh, regarding AC Transit, Bus line 78, which will extend for another year, extending service to the seaplane, lagoon, ferry terminal. I'm just wondering if we know what AC Transit is evaluating for. Like, why is it just for another year? What are they looking for in terms of making that a more permanent route? Is it a funding question? Is it a ridership question? I'm just curious about that because I know we just um, had a pilot program and it looks like they're going to extend it as a pilot for another um, period of time. I'm just curious um, if that could be something that we could make permanent. Those are my questions. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Um, Lisa or Rochelle, which, which um, I, I think I heard three things in there. So I, I'll let you guys um, tag team with yourselves to, to see what responses we can get. You wanna start Rochelle? Sure. Yeah, I can. Um, thank you, Vice Chair Ewan. Um, I can address the questions about the active transportation plan. Um, so, yeah, this is a, we recognize that it's um, three weeks um, and that that is, you know, a little shorter than normal. Um, the goal is that since this plan has been, um, uh, you know, kind of coming for a long time and it's already been uh, three years since we initiated work on it. Um, that we would like to wrap it up so that we can start on um, implementation of some of the things that are in that plan. Obviously, there's a lot of implementation work already going on, which you're hearing about tonight and see in the, in the status report. But um, yeah, we are hoping to get that adopted by the end of the year um, and so that we can start next year fresh with having an adopted plan. And so that's what's really um, driving that time period of three weeks. And our hope is that, you know, many people kind of 
tune in in the beginning and then maybe right at the end of a comment period is sort of the sense that we get. And um, so there's kind of often in these longer comment periods, sort of a period where you don't really hear very much, get very much comment. So we're hoping that having that shortened period, given all the different outlets we'll have for people to give input, will um, be more than enough for people to have opportunities. And as you've mentioned, there's lots of different ways um, for people to give comment, definitely emailing, um, and they're all on our webpage. Um, and we have flyers and printed flyers that will be out. So we're really trying now in advance and have been trying to get the word out that this is coming so people can also be preparing for it and um, kind of know it's coming rather than finding out, you know, a day before. So that's, that's our thinking on it. I can address line 78 um, to answer that. It, my understanding is that they want to see ridership. Um, and I just looked at the presentation that they gave when they extended it and it didn't provide their, their criteria, but that's my understanding. Are you good vice chair? Um, yes, well, I guess I just as a response to maybe what Rich Rochelle Wheeler is saying in terms of outreach and just thinking about, um, you know, giving folks the full opportunity to provide input and being inclusive in how we do outreach and just making sure that the folks who aren't often at the table and aren't often ready, you know, from the from day one to provide input that they're at least um, that we, we're making an effort to do some outreach to, to communities and, and um, stakeholders and advocates who do work with those populations, I think. And that's probably already part of the plan. Maybe I just didn't hear it or maybe I, I didn't hear it or just overlooked that, but just wanting to kind of lift that up and emphasize that. But I understand the need to be timely and move this forward. So thank you for that. And thank you, Lisa, for the update on the 78. Thanks. Uh, Commissioner Colstrand, did you want to speak? Yes, thank you. Um, first, I wanted to thank staff. Uh, in particular, um, I wanted to thank Erin for your presentation because I know I was bugging the staff a little bit earlier this year about making sure that when some of our when our recommendations go to the council and they the council changes our recommendation that we hear back from the staff on what those changes were, because I think it's important for us to understand, you know, what the council is focusing in on and, and how, I think it'll help us do our job better in the future if we always get that uh, feedback in terms of our, um, the staff reports. And um, I also wanted to respond to Commissioner Ewan's comments and I, I, of course, I do agree that it's important to get everyone's input, but um, I also think it's really important right now for us to integrate the active transportation plan and the mobility um, plan uh, technical appendix. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in our next, when the, during the next item, but because um, I was still a little bit uneasy looking at the plan without having that active transportation element 
which shows which streets are designated for bicycle paths and pedestrian paths. So um, I think we need to integrate them uh, before we, rather than adopt them sequentially. And then um, finally, I just have a question for staff. Um, the new improvements uh, along Sherman and the connection up to Clement Street um, are great. I wondered if you have a timeline on that last block, <laughs> the connection, the, the last block uh, before Grand Street, I guess it is, um, where we you have to jog down uh, one block and then come back up Grand Street. And I know, I believe that's the Penzo property that um, the city is working on. So can, do you have any timelines on uh, when that connection might be made? Robert, I could try to, or Aaron, I, if you one of you want to talk, I, you can, or I can, I can respond. Yeah, Rochelle, go ahead. I think you're probably closest to the timeline. So yeah, um, well, um, it's actually pretty exciting because uh, my understanding is the property, you know, the, the Pennzoil has sold the property to a developer. Um, the city has seen several iterations of those plans. I believe they've gone to the planning board at this point. I think their permits maybe are not finalized yet. Um, so, you know, it's hard to know exactly, you know, what the, the schedule is. Um, I don't think we have a specific schedule, or at least I'm not aware of one. But, um, you know, we are looking at that, um, that that developer will be required to build that missing section of Clement Street and um, including, you know, the Cross Alameda Trail along that street. And um, so it's, it's definitely at least a couple of years off. And, uh, you know, I would say probably not sooner than two years. And I don't know how long it could be. So. Commissioner Noctegall. Thanks, Chair Souls. Can everyone hear me okay? Great. Um, so I also wanted to thank staff for the status report and all the great work that city staff is doing. It's awesome. Um, I was going to say that I'm super happy to hear the updates that there's forward movement on the Cross Alameda Trail and closing up some of the missing pieces and uh, improving the intersections and crossing. And I wanted to just say that I was going to ask the exact same question that uh, Commissioner Colstrand just asked. So I'm very happy to hear the update on the former Pennzoil. So thank you. Commissioner Whitesey. Thank you, Chair Souls. Uh, a couple of things I just wanted to lead with. Uh, I really appreciated Rochelle's very explicit statement about how more time is not always necessarily uh, important for public outreach and this trough in the middle where people like a deadline and they like a beginning, but they ignore the middle time frame. I think that's I think that's a really good feedback, actually. I think we often sometimes get caught up in we need blank number of days. And if it's shorter than blank number of days, people tend to get upset. I think in the modern world, obviously, multiple forms of outreach um, are possible in ways they weren't before. And I think that that can actually shorten up timeframes and therefore get projects done. And I think that's the goal overall. So, so I appreciated that comment for sure. I think it's a good way to think about outreach in some ways. 
Um, I had a couple comments, a couple questions. Um, so one of them was, it sounds like the water shuttle will actually be Tuesdays to Saturdays, not Monday through Friday. So it's running five days a week, but Tuesdays to Saturdays, which is that correct? That's our plan. That's the goal. <laughs> it's all, yeah. So, it, and it's all, you know, it's not finalized until we kind of have the money and are moving forward. But totally. I can talk about the intention of that if you'd like. No, actually, I mean, I just want to compliment the idea because I, my initial fear when I saw five days a week was Monday through Friday. I think, I think the Saturday is a fantastic idea. And I think dropping a Monday, if that's how the funding works, is also a perfectly good idea. I think as a commission we and as a society, we occasionally focus a little too much on commuters and not just recreation. And I understand why that is because commuters are a huge portion of who's actually on the road, who actually has to get somewhere at a certain time. But I think that we occasionally do that to the detriment of just fun and, and fun business and recreation. And we live on a damn island. And so there's people want to come here on a Saturday. It is really hard to get on and off the island on a bike or walking. Uh, so I, I think that's great. I think it's awesome that we're doing this on a Saturday and everyone stays home on Mondays anyway, so that's perfectly fine. Um, on the shuttle project, I have a couple of concerns, the water shuttle project, I have a couple of concerns. I guess it's something I just would love staff to think about. Um, I realize it's easy for me to spend other people's money and these things cost money, but I would like it to be a success. Um, I think part of the shuttle is, is being able to get people to the shuttle and have it not be a private shuttle just for the people that live behind Alameda Landing. Um, ideally, in a future Alameda, people will bike down the Cross Alameda Trail and they will go over to the boat and they will take the boat over to Jack London. As of right now, it is pretty challenging to get from parts of the Cross Alameda Trail, especially in my end on the West End, over to the boat um, or the, this potential boat. And I would really like, I would really like an idea of how we're gonna sort of fix that little part by target that's kind of challenging if you're on a bike and how we're going to you know fifth street is okay until you get to safeway and then there's kind of this gap there and it would be great if we take i guess some time to really think about how can we improve the perception of safety there i realize we're not going to get a protected bike you know bike lane there in the next two years i'm not i'm not advocating for spending a million dollars we don't have but i am sort of advocating for thinking about how do we make people comfortable with that choice because if you have a tight point like that, you're gonna you're gonna alienate a certain portion of the bike and walking community. And again, I want this to be successful. All of Alameda wants this to be successful, but we don't. That's not gonna be successful if you can't get there easily without a car, right? And so I really would like to look at that spot as something that's potentially fixable with better signage. I don't know, taking out a couple parking spots over by Target, especially on the side there. There's plenty of parking at Target. They don't need they don't need parking on the side streets. It's it's perfectly fine. Um, so I hope that's something that, that they will look at. Um, last thing, I saw a comment on the Alameda uh, ferry parking, the new ferry parking over by Seaplane with the EVs or EV charging is coming, quote, coming soon. I would love to know how soon, because that's exciting. And you should totally sell that as a way to get people to go there and pay their three bucks to go in, but also they can charge their car. So how soon is soon? I would like to know how soon as well. Um, we have the chargers. We have them in hand and we have been having trouble um, getting the contractors to be able to put them in uh, because of all of the delays that and challenges with general contracting right now. So um, we'll keep posted when we know exactly when those are going in. 
does it have, we, we had here at Woodstock homes, we had a guy that installed them. He was very responsive. If the city would like a recommendation, I'm happy to give that that's overstepping, but I'm, I, we know, we know a guy. So if that helps, we can, we can connect you as well. All right, Aaron, I should let you feel that one. Do you have anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, to be honest with you, wasn't aware of the delay, Lisa. I'm happy to dig in and fix that. So um, let's okay. talk offline. Okay. Great. And thanks again for all the work that you do. Um, a lot of exciting things happening in this project. Thank you. Other comments or questions? Commissioner Suthanthira. Sorry, it took me a while to get to the mouse. Um, I would like to join the other commissioners in thanking the staff uh, for the great presentation and also looking at the list. Um, I looked through the the table, it's, it's just amazing um, in terms of the wide variety of um, and uh, different types of program and initiatives going on. So um, thanks, thanks to all of you. Um, I have just a few minor questions. Uh, one is that, you know, there is a mention of a parking fee uh, at the ferry terminals. So when is it, um, what is the timeline for it to be implemented? It's a good idea, but I just want to know. Right, right. Yes, it is in a, several different plans that are, that say that the city should have paid parking at our ferry terminals. Um, we're looking at, you know, if we come to the Transportation Commission in November for approval of the ferry terminal parking policy that we would get to City Council in the beginning of next year. And we are working towards having the uh, pay stations and the mobile payment that we would need to be able to implement it from the logistical side. So, you know, at this point, if, if everything went kind of without any hitches, I would say sometime early-ish next year. Okay. Uh, I would start with the plan would be to start at the Seaplane Lagoon Ferry Terminal uh, first because of uh, AC Transit Line 78 uh, to support ridership there and then to move on to Harbor Bay Ferry Terminal. I mean, wherever we are um, implementing our launching, I hope we will coordinate with VETA uh, because, you know, now after COVID, it's kind of the ridership is like inching back. So we may want to, we don't want to hurt the, you know, ferry ridership. You know, people can just drive that the bot and take bot and go. Right, so um, I hope um, that's on the plan, coordinating with Veta. It is already happening. Okay, wonderful. And uh, the other question I have is on link shuttle. Um, and you that uh, link shuttle has been in up or had been in operation since like for past ten years or something like that, right? And um, uh, after discontinuing, I see that, you know, you have offered alternative options, including AC transit, free bus pass and all that. Um, have you checked whether, I know, uh, because these are for, meant for uh, paratransit users, which are more um, uh, seniors or um, people who are compromised in ability. So have you checked whether all of them were supported or have been supported by the new options that you provided? Yeah, I think you mean the, the loop shuttle. Um, yeah, and probably the loop shuttle. I, 
I um, believe that uh, Kat Caldas, the paratransit coordinator, reached out to all of the to a lot of people to, before making this change. Well, I know that she did. I don't know details though, and I could get those for you and bring them and send them to the commission. Okay, thank you. And just finally on the, the this is 2020 transportation work program, right? And so is this a last report for the year? Will we be looking or looking for like 2023 work program development, something like that that will come to the transportation commission? Correct. Um, our the way we work is we bring a annual transport annual report on transportation to the transportation commission in January, and um, that covers a report on the work from the previous year and uh, the twenty twenty. It'll have the twenty twenty three work plan, okay. and then it will go to council. Thank you. Any other comments from commissioners? Okay. I just have a couple before you go to public comment. Um, you know, in whole, when you look at all this, the body of work <laughs> that a city our size <laughs> is pulling forward is kind of insane. So in addition to complimenting the staff on the report and giving a really good status of what's happened so far this year, um, in total, it's, um, pretty stunning about how much we've pulled forward. Um, you know, pandemic or not, it's it's just really astounding of how many simultaneous projects that we're actually delivering, but also that we managed to get funding for. And so um, props to the city for that. And as I read through it, um, kind of Commissioner Asuthanthir, I had the, I kept on wanting to think about the look ahead and calm myself down from commenting of like, are we also doing this? And these are the grants we've gone after, but what are we going after next with the infrastructure bill and things like that? So I'm, I'm holding back on those comments <laughs> until later, but um, appreciate the uh, status report. I didn't have any clarification. I do um, just wanna echo what Commissioner Colstrand said that I, I go to as many city council meetings as I can virtually, but I'm not always on the whole thing. This could be really, really long and knowing what came up in our items and having them distilled down, I think is really helpful, especially in the context of those that follow the transportation commission, uh, the transportation issues more closely than, than others. And then also, as far as the public comment um, period for the active transportation project, I agree we should we should get it done. I'm, I'm fine with the, the comment period. I think one of the things to keep in mind that that the reason that I don't have an issue with that comment period being somewhat um, uh, shorter than usual is not only the intent to get it done and to finish that full complete picture that we're really looking for that we've been working hard in the subcommittees to try and get the full plan for all of our streets down. Um, but also early on, if you recall the the um, outreach that was done on specific projects within that of uh, Vision Zero and slow streets and everything. And I find um, in some of my line of work that people are more interested in those projects that they really care about versus the really big plans that are, you know, I don't think, you know, Bay Area 2050 is massive, right? That you have that one project that sits in there that people are really, really interested in. And I think the way the city pulled it forward with this particular plan, um, could be a good a good model for the future with maybe another week or two for the comment on the overall thing. So um, I think we have had a lot of engagement and outreach that got us to this point. Um, 
I'm going to take public comments and then this is an action item to accept this as the status report. So I'll be looking for a motion after we can um, consider comments or any clarifications from the public. So Artie, if we have anyone to speak on this particular agenda item, let me know. Uh, currently, no one is raising their hand. All right. I will um, look for a motion. Commissioner Noctegall. I'll motion to accept this status report. Thank you. I'll second. Thank you, Commissioner Whitesey. And if I could get a show of hands for all those agree that the commission shall accept the status report from staff. All right, motion passes unanimously. Thank you very much. And we'll close out that agenda item and move on to the status report for the street classification. This, I'm just gonna preface this just a little bit before turning it over to staff, Lisa, if that's okay. Um, so there was a subcommittee that worked on street classification. I just want to thank Commissioner Colster and Commissioner, Commissioner Whitesey for putting in extra hours and a lot of really, really good feedback on the street classification, which is an appendix to um, our um, overall transportation plan. And tonight we're going to be receiving the status report on it. So it's just an informational item. And then uh, and you can clarify this, Lisa, if I'm speaking incorrectly, but from what I understand, we will actually be coming back for approval. And so I just want to keep that in mind in the discussion tonight, that if we have feedback before that second item, before it comes back a second time, just to keep that in mind. So with that, I will turn it over to staff for the presentation. Thank you, Chair Souls. Um, I'll speak to this. Uh, Director Thomas has been leading this effort right now, and he could not make it tonight, so I will to represent the efforts as best I can. Um, Chessels is correct. The intention of this, this uh, agenda item is just to uh, provide a status update and make sure that you got the draft that is going out to the public of the street classifications as we go into consideration of the active transportation plan because we know that they um, can be helpful to look, be looked at in tandem. So. We, with this packet, this draft has been reduced, excuse me, uh, released to the public. And then this week we'll put it on the website used for the general plan update, which is alameda2040.org and start getting the word out to the public for um, comments. And um, after that, we will, we have, we need to schedule the next subcommittee meeting and we're looking at the first week of November, both due to vacation schedules of subcommittee members and the sheer number of things that are happening in October for transportation, um, which, is, which is a lot. So we'll go ahead and focus on all of those things, at transportation plan, Clement Tilden, Lincoln, Marshall Pacific, and um, then gather the subcommittee in first week of November and then we would bring um, bring an a, a updated version to the Transportation Commission in November 16th. The Transportation Commission would make a recommendation basically to the planning board because this is a general plan amendment and the planning board is the one that makes recommendations to city council about general plan amendments. 
So then it would go to the general, the planning board in December. And then if all of those happen, um, it would end up with council in January or February next year. So we wanted to um, let you know where we are with that project, get the draft in front of you. And, um, and if you had any thoughts on what kind of process we would need for public review, we'd be open to ideas. Thank you. Um, one second, I'm missing my exhibit. Do we have the exhibit to put up to share a screen? I can pull it up. I just think if, if we're gonna, if, 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 I understand it's an informational, but I think my feedback on the on the question about the public comment piece, I think that the graphic thing was a really important part of this because we re recognized in the subcommittee that there was, um, you know, just seeing things in total was really helpful. So I'll just leave that like just little nugget for right now. But um, I saw Vice Chair go, Vice Chair Ewan, please go ahead. Thanks, Chair Souls. In terms of uh, public engagement, um, I, I would just I would just assume that uh, street classifications is you know not the most exciting topic to be engaging the public on, and so I think maybe the the way in which to communicate this is like what does it mean for regular folks who live in the city? What does this mean in terms of transportation investments and how streets streets will be? changed or made safer or what types of investments of facilities will be installed and what that kind of means and what that classification sort of signals, um, I think would be useful. And so I think just being able to speak to that. And I'm just wondering um, if you could actually kind of elaborate on that a little bit more about the classification, the importance of it, why we spent so much time doing this as part of the mobility element in the general plan update. So I guess it's a, it's a um, comment and a question for you, Lisa. Well, thanks. Rochelle, do you think you could speak a little more to the background on the street classifications because you were working on this for a while? Sure, I can try. <laughs> um, it's a great question and I think you're right. Like, I think this is, this is not an easily accessible topic for the public to weigh in on. Um, and, you know, it's taken us some time to basically take what was in the previous 2009 general plan as an appendix, which frankly, you know, should have been used probably to guide our work, but was pretty um, voluminous and um, was often not really was kind of ignored. So we are trying to make this more relevant to our work. And um, the ways that, um, you know, we are talking about using this and Robert, you might wanna also, I think you're still here, chime in as well from the public works perspective, but is to think about when we are planning um, any kind of street improvement really, whether it's a, a whole new standalone capital project or a, um, a repair or a response to a public request or street repaving that we would look to this to see what the kind of expected usage is of the street and 
Um, this relates strongly to land use, the street classification system. Um, so you can see like main streets, those are commercial districts on this map. Um, uh, and we would be looking at this map, the transit map, the truck route map, the bike map, and looking at all of those to see what level of um, kind of uh, sort of what the expectations are for that street in terms of traffic volume levels. Um, and, um, you know, they are going to be different on these streets. And this, this lays this, this, um, this document lays that out. And, um, you know, for instance, someone living on a uh, neighborhood connector street probably will not have the same um, uh, expectations on traffic levels, maybe as somebody living on a uh, neighborhood local street. So, um, and the types of investments we would make, um, and this is particularly around kind of curb management and pedestrian um, kind of needs and walkability um, would be different for these different types of street classifications. So the purple, you know, business commercial streets would have potentially a lower level of investment in the kind of the pedestrian um, streetscape and the pedestrian amenities um, than say uh, the, um, the main streets, um, the more commercial districts. So um, those are kind of some of the high level ways that we would be using this. Robert, do you want to add anything to that? Chair Souls, is it okay if I go ahead? Oh, please go right ahead. Okay, thanks. Hi, I'm uh, Robert Vance. I'm the uh, Deputy Public Works Director. And uh, Rochelle's, Rochelle's right. We do use um, the street classifications for some of our project planning. And it really um, <clears throat> is a focus when we're doing our resurfacing planning um, because these higher level of streets with more traffic volumes need to be uh, resurfaced um, more often. So it's helpful for us to know, and, and so we can do our street selection um, and using that as one of our criteria. We've also uh, developed some intersection striping standards, um, and those are also based on street classification. So where we have two streets that are um, have more um, more use, more higher volumes, um, and more pedestrian oriented. You know, we, we have those um, higher treatments for um, visibility and and um, and for uh, crosswalks and things like that. So um, those are some of the some of the uses that um, for this map. And so I think that's why it's important to, to for people to understand what you know what what how their street network um, fits together with those bigger plans. I think those are good descriptions, and I can tell from the I mean for a little bit of background of why we created the subcommittee and I'll do my best and Commissioner Colshire White wants to weigh in here, but I think additional context that you have the general plan and then the mobility element of that plan. And what we were, when we were reviewing the mobility element of that plan, we're looking at these policies and initiatives that aren't with a, with a limited geography and with really trying to be smart about how we use the roads that we have 
and how we make sure that there's a connection between land use in those roads, as well as connected modes and things like that, without really having the bigger picture. Some of the projects that were coming to the Transportation Commission for some time were, were kind of piecemeal. And there was a sense of, we, are we pushing the problem around or what's kind of a, what can serve as a compass? And I think, you know, the planning staff was also looking for something that could really be a tool to get more context within uh, around the, the full picture for each project that comes before us, but also to facilitate, I think what Vice Chair Ewan is getting at is how we make this make sense to the public so that, you know, why, why my street or why not my street um, to have some, some bigger initiative that would lay this out more clearly. Um, I would offer Commissioner Colstrand or Commissioner Whitesey to if, uh, correct me um, <laughs> or confirm if that's how, if that's your sense, but it, it was a critical component for us really being able to use the, to understand the mobility, the application of the policies and the mobility element of the general plan. Um, Commissioner Colstrand, sorry, go ahead. So are, are you taking Commissioner uh, questions and comments now or just clarifications? No, okay. I think I'm doing questions and comments because this is um, a status report okay. and then comment. thank you for asking. Okay, um, well, first off, I think it is helpful to keep the map up. So um, I would request maybe that you just keep it up during our discussion. And I wanna say that I, I think this is just the classification system which is, has been simplified greatly is, is really gone in the right direction. And um, we're very close to having a, um, a good classification system for the city of Alameda. And um, yeah, I would just like to say uh, relative to that, that it is really important when we have limited roadway space and we've been, at least for me, we've been really emphasizing a lot of investment in bicycle improvements that we have a clear understanding of how those bicycle improvements fit with the, with the need to move traffic, to move buses, to move trucks and pedestrians along all of these streets as well. So we need to understand how all these different functions interrelate with each other um, when we're making project decisions. And I think we've been doing a lot of that without the benefit of an overall plan. So one of my main concerns, and I mentioned it um, before, and I know we're just comment commenting right now, um, we're not taking action on this, but I really look forward to seeing the recommendations of the active transportation plan within um, the next week or so, because I think that's going to be so critical for us to make the final recommendations on how that plan interacts, uh, interacts with the rest of the mobility um, element and the, the appendix, the street classification system. So I have, a, a, I have several, well, really kind of three main areas that I wanted to comment on. And if I can get some response from the staff as to, you know, kind of what their vision is for this and how they see reconciling what I see are still a few outstanding issues and, and conflicts. So the first one relates to gateways. And um, I think obviously uh, Alameda 
because it's an island has very as like four or five, five, I guess, very obvious gateways in and out of our city, the bridges, the tube um, and do little drive. And I think the um, Constitution Way and Webster Street, just as you're coming out of the tube and do little drive and Harbor Bay Parkway function and maybe Tilden Way, but they function very differently than High Street and Park Street do. And you're talking about those gateway streets um, all having 25 mile per hour speed limits. And I think generally on the island, 25 miles per hour is a good thing. But I always bring this up because you've got streets and you've got gateway streets that operate at 35 miles per hour or greater. And I think if you're going to put this in as a goal for these gateway streets, I wanna understand what the vision of the staff is and how you're gonna make Doolittle or Harbor Bay Parkway or Constitution and Webster actually function. Are you talking about necking down those streets or what is your vision that would require that these streets be operating at slower speeds and whether that's actually a good thing or not. And it's really only those streets that I'm concerned about. I think the rest of the streets are pretty much fine as 25 mile per hour streets. So that's my first um, issue. The second issue has to do with the purple streets, those that are designated as business commercial. And you, they're characterized as streets that serve business parks, manufacturing, industrial areas, and shopping centers. So we know they, there are shopping opportunities out in, um, at the base in a couple of those areas, and also in Marine, Marina uh, Village and um, Alameda Landing. But you don't have any recommendations for bicycle lanes in any of those areas. And I think because there are a lot of workers, there are areas where we're creating new street systems and making the improvements now, we don't have the same restrictions necessarily on street width, and we can introduce bicycle lanes at this point in time, then we might want to consider bicycle facilities in those areas as well. There are workers as well as shoppers, so I think that's important. Um, I'm still struggling with the main streets. I absolutely support Park Street and Webster Street and that area out in the, um, at the base as Main Street designations. But I really, ha I'm having trouble understanding how you can put these little business districts along Lincoln, um, Santa Clara Central and Encinal, and then also along Otis and around South Shore Drive as main streets. I'm not sure that it makes sense because when you design a street, you need some continuity with it. And you don't have the same guidelines for main street as you do for the neighborhood collectors. 
I think the neighborhood collectors are serving, they're serving traffic, but they're also serving businesses that are located along those streets. And I think it, maybe it makes more sense to tweak the neighborhood collector definitions to include all those neighborhood districts rather than trying to fit them into a main street category because I think it would provide more continuity along those streets in terms of just flows of pedestrians and bicycles, vehicles and transit. So um, I think those are my three main points. And if I think of anything else, I'll, um, I'll bring it up as we move along. But I'd yes. like some response on, uh, on a couple of those items. So I think Commissioner Colster and the, the staff's intent, correct me if I'm wrong, Lisa, that I think these are items that we should, because they warrant so much discussion and Andrew's not here and that the subcommittee, I think we can pull those forward. And I think I, I appreciate some of your comments and I have some similar ones that I'm not, I'm going to save for the subcommittee for now, but just questions that I would like to understand some of the um uh, specifically around the gateway as well as the, the business districts and if it's a if it's a route versus land use it was it's kind of um a little bit i think we can get a little bit cleaner there and coalesce that through discussion with the planning staff um so i appreciate that and and lisa if that's correct then you you got a really good preview of what to expect in the subcommittee meeting <laughs> yes that sounds that sounds great yeah we'll want okay you know, Andrew Thomas and Lavant, the consultants working on this to be here to have the broader conversation. Okay. Uh, understood. Uh, so is it okay, Commissioner Colstrand, if we hold on a response for that for tonight? Yes, just, yeah, just know that those, you know, those are the things that I'm going to keep bringing up as I have for the last year or so. <laughs> Appreciate that. Rochelle, did you want to respond? <laughs> I just really quickly, I wanted to say it is super helpful having, you know, been part of the team working on this to hear this kind of early feedback. And I will say that almost all of those items you've covered, we've had internal um, debates about. And um, there's pros and cons to the different approaches. And it's, I think we will, um, it'll be great to, to talk those through with the subcommittee in more detail. Thank you, Rochelle. Commissioner Whitesey. Actually, I think uh, Commissioner Suthan Thera had her hand up for mine. Oh, hi, uh, sorry, uh, Commissioner Suthan Thera, I didn't see the hand. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I would like to actually um, talk about the continuity that uh, Commissioner Colston mentioned, because that's something that really stands out for me when I look at the map. And, uh, you know, there's a lot talked about here um, in terms of the purpose of it. It's for in investment in terms of uh, repaving or intersection improvement. But again, you know, we can't forget the function of the road. And uh, this is part of the mobility element. And so we have to really remember the mobility aspect here. And then I also see the truck route. And um, then when I go back to the main map that was put out with all these colors, I mean, four classification, and the truck routes are, you know, partly uh, Main Street and partly the neighborhood connector. That doesn't really, in and we have to really remember we are an island and we have to really think about an evacuation route as well. So, and uh, having, a, you know, the Main Street classification is good, but it does say that, 
it reads as mainstream. I'm, I'm just reading from the report. Uh, must accommodate and balance the need for high automobile volumes and high pedestrian volume and all that. So, I mean, one would expect to see a continuous main street and at least in this case to follow the truck route. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm just curious how it became like somewhat of a fragmented approach. And also once we put this out, then there'll be an expectation to have one segment uh, favoring automobile and then other segment fully going complete street aspect, right, from the public. So uh, we have that responsibility as well. So I think the continuity um, needs to be kept in mind. I know we are here, um, I mean, have, we have this as an information item, but uh, uh, those aspects kind of stands out. No, thank you for your comments. Commissioner Whitesey. Uh, this is probably going to come up again in subcommittee, but I just want to put it out there because I think it's a genuinely problematic issue potentially. Um, the two, so if we're looking at the gateway streets for the Webster tube and the Posey tube, so we're looking at if we can put the map back up real quick. Can, can you zoom in on those a little bit? just on the kind of the posy tube, the entrance of the posy tube and the Webster tube, if that's possible. Okay, so, come on back. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I'm, unfortunate, I'm, I'm unfortunately very familiar with the exit, exits and entrance from these tubes and how things are about to change. Um, I, I guess I have a problem with the idea that I think they're called Mariner Square, what are they called? Mariner Square Loop and uh, Mariner Square Drive, which are the two little purple streets to the left and the right of, of our yellow streets here. Um, those are currently, I think, classified according to this as business commercial streets. Those are very much going to become ways that this new this new neighborhood over behind Alameda Landing, that's going to be how those, if they're not taking the boat, they're going to be driving those streets. And so I definitely see that, you know, part of the classification purpose is how much, how much traffic volume do you expect on this kind of street? And if this is a business commercial street, it's, it's slated for a lot less volume expectation than if it's a neighborhood connector street. Um, having driven on both of these streets, but especially the one to your right, I mean, that street is beat to hell already and there's not that much traffic on it yet, but we're about to open up 600 units, 800 units, a lot of units, and that's going to be the exit towards the tube for a lot of people. And so we may want to think of that more as a neighborhood connector because the expectation for the volume is going to be there. And it sounds like, I think uh, Robert Vance said that like part of this goal is to drive paving decisions and how things get get fixed. Those two streets are, are not going to be underutilized. They're going to be overutilized according to like versus what this map says they're going to be. And so I just, I guess I would like, that's maybe a subcommittee inside baseball question, but we may want to think about reclassifying those because those streets are going to be beat to hell come 2026 or so. Yeah, we can talk about that. I mean, I know we talked about paving and... <laughs> With the commissioners that weren't here when we got an amazing update on how paving prioritization <laughs> works. <laughs> one of the things in Scott's riveting presentation was really about um, 
just how much the heavier traffic damages pavement than passenger cars. So vehicle, passenger vehicles can take a, we can take a lot more volumes, but the heavy trucks are what we really mm -hmm. struggle with. Um, so I think that was part of the intent behind that, but definitely we can bring that up in subcommittee and get more um, technical information about that, Commissioner Whitesey. Cool, great. Any other comments on this informational item for right now? Um, I know we keep on telling you to share the map, Lisa, but I can't see hands when I have it up. Uh, Commissioner Noctegall. <laughs> but I need the map. Share the map. <laughs> Put the map back up, Lisa. But I need the map. <laughs> it's kind of a clarifying question that I have. If you could please put... Uh, if you could please put the map. Share the map again, please. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Lisa. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and and apologies if this isn't because Andrew Thomas isn't here. It's maybe not the right place or time to ask this question. But if we could please look at the truck route map. There was a piece of it here that was confusing to me. And so I'd like, it's a, if someone could please elaborate on the truck route in central Alameda that is seemingly in parallel on Clement and in Buena Vista as well, and what the intention is for this circular truck route. So I think there's really only supposed to be one truck route right there. And that's right in the middle of the island northern alameda robert do you want to take that or or if we can table it for a future conversation but it looks um, odd <laughs> I, I can try to make a comment and then michelle you can um sure. uh, add more information but um so that we talked about the pennzoil site and that the pennzoil site needs to be completed um to be able to have that continuous truck route along Clement Avenue. So I, I, I believe that that was, has been the long-term plan um, for the city of Alameda for, for a while now, um, but without the Pennzoil site, um, it's not possible. So that the truck route is always kind of bypassed around using Grand and, and Buena Vista and, and Sherman. And so I, I think that's why the map is still showing both because just the uncertainty of the, of the timeline. I was about to say, it looks to me, it's like current and where we want it in the future, Commissioner Noctegall, because uh -huh. the, the drive around. So I don't think it's intended to be a circular, but I think that's where trucks currently go that we don't want them to eventually. Makes That makes sense. And maybe there's a way to, to put that in the key or reference it as rather than making it look like there's two, two truck routes in parallel right there. We'll talk about that in subcommittee of that, maybe a dash line or something, Rochelle. Yet another subcommittee item. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's where the sausage is made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, Robert, thank you for, for your response on that as well. Okay. I don't see any other hands as I scroll. So I'm going to ask to put the map back to <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. Do we have any, let's open up for public comment on this item. 
um, going to my participants page, I see one hand up already. If you could welcome Jim Stralo in. Good evening again. I heard how there's rumblings about existing safe streets will eventually become some future designation. And 49% of complaints were on Versailles, Versailles, was the highest for any of the safe streets. And yet council ignored this commission's recommendation regarding Versailles. So I'm wondering what the commission's plan is or if you're gonna bring it back to council at some point. Um, that's one topic. Another is, is that before Tilden Way was built, Gibbons Drive was a major connector to the downtown. Many visitors to Alameda or leaving Alameda enjoy driving along Gibbons Drive. Why is it not a neighborhood commuter street? It is not just a neighborhood local street. Thank you. And that was the last speaker. I see another hand up now. Um, thank you. I was on mute, but I was saying thank you to the last speaker. And um, sorry for the pause. I was just taking a note. Um, I believe we do have another speaker. Um, oh, hi. Hi, Drew. Please go ahead when you're ready. Hi, Drew Dara Abrams. Uh, is this audio all right? Yes, please go ahead. Great, thanks. So. Um, First, apologies, I, I just joined. So if my comment slash question was uh, addressed in the presentation, please ignore it. Uh, but um, I was curious about the gateway streets in general. Um, uh, I noticed that they were, they call for a design speed of 25 miles per hour, which I'm very glad to see, but um, that sounds, um, um, like a goal, perhaps, and a great goal, because uh, all of Alameda Island really should be uh, traffic flowing at 25 miles per hour. But some of those, those um, certain blocks uh, certainly are designed for um, cars coming off the, the tubes or the bridges at much higher speeds. So um, curious to hear more about if that's an intention. And if it's not, I certainly would support uh, the intention of eventually redesigning those key entryways so that they are more of the complete street nature and um, uh, step auto traffic down to those speeds. Um, so thanks for taking that uh, comment slash question. Thank you, Drew. And yes, we um, two notes that were mentioned that we'll um, that we're taking back into the subcommittee to answer your question because I'm not sure when you joined were. I mean, you hit on two topics that have been mentioned tonight. One is the continuity between gateway streets and main streets, for example, of how that street functions with those two um, sections having different classifications. And uh, Commissioner Colstrand also um, mentioned some further discussion about gateway streets and the speeds, um, really to understand what the application of that kind of policy would be to ensure that the streets still function as intended based on their classification. Um, so I think those are elements that we'll be able to discuss in subcommittee and bring back as part of the um, recommended approach. I don't see any other hands up. 
And so I am going to uh, close out agenda item 6D. Um, and just to, to recap that there will be a subcommittee meeting going in before we have um, it coming back to us for, for approval or recommendation rather. All right, moving on to agenda item seven, announcements and public comment. Um, Lisa, I do wanna just make the announcement on the October meeting, if you don't mind confirming the date, just to make sure we give the public as much notice now that we've kind of confirmed that internally. The Transportation Commission will hold a special meeting on Thursday, October 20th at 6.30. It is, um, the, it is posted on Legistar as a, as a meeting date, so it's available there. Thank you. And um, any other announcements from the commissioners or staff? Go ahead, Robert. Thank you, Chair Souls. Uh, we did talk about paving a little bit tonight. So I just wanted to um, mention Caltrans is going to be doing some overnight work, um, resurfacing the Webster portion of the of the Webster and Posey tubes. So kind of the, 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 the Y where Webster splits. And so that's all overnight work. Um, so it'll be detouring um, starting uh, as early as Monday night. Um, and kind of working throughout the month of October. Um, and the city is also resurfacing um, a segment of Mariner Square Drive. Um, so that's that's the portion just, just uh, east of, of Webster Street. And that'll, that'll be taking place um, sometime this fall. Okay, thank you. Any other announcements? All right, I'll do a last call for public comment. I see no hands raised already, but I don't know if we have other channels or anything else that we need to check for. No, currently no one's raising their hand. Okay, great. Well, again, welcome to the new commissioners. Lisa, great job. Thank you for, for helping prepare all of this and for the staff and their presentations this evening. We will look forward to seeing everyone in November and I will entertain a motion for adjournment. <laughs> Commissioner Goldstrand and go ahead. So moved. Commissioner Noctegall, second? Second. Thank second. you. All in favor, say aye and wave good night. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Good night.